Welcome everybody to another episode of the Be Fearless podcast and today I bring you an amazing guest but before we go into it if you're watching live on Facebook make sure that you leave us um, a like and a follow and also leave us some stars around there let us know if your content that we're bringing you today and every day is of your liking and if you're looking for some topics in a specific leave that in the comments also let us know where you're watching from we love to say hello to our audience all around the world. So we are thankful for your support. And remember, this podcast is for you. So thank you so much. And let me know where you're watching from. Now, today's guest is an amazing person. He is a speaker, coach, sales trainer, and the CEO of DJ Group. He's been in sales for over 40 years and has professionally trained over 24, 25 years of those. He has trained and managed in multiple industries like fashion industry, automotive and both uh, boat dealerships, uh, and financial services. He's, he believes that selling is more than a craft, it's a philosophy, and this approach has resulted in incredible success for him and his trainees. He's on a mission to help 10,000 entrepreneurs become millionaires in the next eight years. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the one and only... Kelly Shaw. Welcome, Kelly. Hey, thank you, Dagmar. Hey. Thank you very much. I am excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here, too. Um, I love, I, I was reading over your bio, going over your content, and I love what you're doing. I love the way that you're approaching um, also, you know, the new social media environment to bring us the opportunity to learn how to sell. Um but before we dive into what you do, how you do it, and or some other amazing questions about what are you doing, um, I want to know what who who's Kelly Shaw? Who was he growing up, and what was his dream? <laughs> oh boy! <clears throat> <laughs> well, first off, I, I I've got to admit and be totally frank. I'm not really sure I've actually grown up. And I would say that's one of the first things I think most people have to um, realize if they want to hit their potential. Uh -huh. uh, quit growing up. Pretend you're a kid and, and reach for the freaking stars. Um, I love so that. I, as a kid, I was, uh, you know, my life ambition was to be as tall as my grandmother, which was, you know, four foot 11, because I was literally the shortest kid in every school I ever went to, including high school. <laughs> And you know, we had uh, 3,000 kids in my high school. Um, <clears throat> so I was inhibited. I was shy. I couldn't talk to people. I had a speech impediment. Um, I also came from a foreign country, so I had a little bit of an accent when I was young. I always got picked on. Uh, maybe I have a little bit of that little man's uh, uh, you know, concern. And you know, I, I joined the Marine Corps just to get out of the house because I didn't know what else to do because my father was a 30-year Army Army Air Corps Air Force vet. I didn't want to do anything else other than play soccer and join the Marines. Well, fortunately, my senior year, I finally grew. I used to wrestle 101 in high school, like 101 pounds. Like, who's that small? Me. <laughs> um Joining the Marines gave me a lot of discipline, and I, I learned a lot of really great things in life. But when I came out, I had this really weird idea that I wanted to be in sales. But I couldn't even talk to people. And I remember applying for a job. 
And a gal told me, she called me back, and I thought I might have gotten the job. She goes, Kelly, I could never hire you. Your fingernails look like hell. You didn't look me in the eye. You didn't shake my hand. Like, she went down a list about a mile long of everything I did wrong. Sink <laughs> really. I was like, okay, I can take some cr constructive criticism. This is starting to border on, like, you know, a little bit too much. She goes, but for some reason, I can see you have a passion for it. So I need you to go out. I'm not going to hire you. I'll tell you where to go where you might get hired. But you need to join a course. So she convinced me to do the Dale Carnegie a public speaking and sales course. And that got me on my way to sales. And I got to tell you, it was a um, it was a life changing, you know, life changing event. And <clears throat> I learned through that process that sales is. It's not a system. It's not a bunch of gimmicks. It's not memorized 64 closes. Mm -hmm. It's really about serving people first, getting to know them. Um, I don't want to say make friends, but be somewhat empathetic. Really Having a connection. Out, yeah, and get that connection. And if it's the right thing to do, then, then help make it easy for them to buy from you. If it's not the right thing to do, then, hey, Tell them it's not the right thing to do. Tell them why it's maybe not the right thing to do. Maybe give them advice on where to go to actually find the right thing. And then go on to the next prospect. And I've lived my life by that for the last 40 years. So. Oh, wow. But, yeah. Yeah, so I was a shy, inhibited kid, really small. Um, couldn't talk to anybody. And I had to learn to do all that. So one thing I do believe is that nobody is born a salesperson. You know, exactly. it is a skill that if developed properly, you don't never have to think about where you're going. You can just concentrate on doing the right thing for the client. I love it. And and you mentioned something key in in developing yourself in every area of your life, right? And that's searching or seeking coaching getting somebody to mentor you, going through a course and learn this skill, the trade, and then practice it. Um, and in, in that, I think ingraining to you so well that you serve for 25 years now or over, or over 25 years now, you have been professionally training other people on the skill on how to sell. How, how that started? Yeah, so... Um... Once I got out of Dale Carnegie, I, I, I started my mission of learning, right? Because when you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. Mm -hmm. So I know that I've always had this philosophy that I'm always searching, trying to stay current. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys, I don't listen to music from my high school days. Like, I heard that 40 years ago. Like, I want to stay current. I'm into today's artist. I love alternative music. I love EDM. I, you know, like... I can have a conversation with any millennial about music and probably blow them away. I probably know as much about their artists as they do because I, I live in today's world. I don't mm -hmm. live in the past, right? And sales changes over years. Um, a lot of you know, things ebb and flow. And I, once I started going through, I, I was able to be instructed by some really great people. And one was Tommy Hopkins, uh, I think one of the better sales trainers of the world. Uh, personally, he was my coach for a while. 
um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, uh, you name it. I've been through all their training programs, Brian Tracy. I've even taken a, but like last year alone, I think mm -hmm. I went through six or seven different sales training programs professing the new way of selling. There's no such thing. All the old great sales trainers, number one, were all Christian, and they all talked about serving first, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And becoming a master of your skill. So, you know, Dagmar, you, you were an instructor in the military. Yes. So you know the term PDR, right? Yes. Practice, drill, and rehearse. Yes. Um, I, I remember years ago, I had a mentor uh, who hired me in the financial services world. And I said, hey, listen. I just want to go out with you for a week. I just want to tag along. I won't say a word. I just want to tag along. And one day I'm at home practicing my, my speech, my closing techniques, my sales presentation. My wife goes, Kelly, when did you start stuttering? I go, I don't stutter. She goes, uh, you just did. I go, no, I didn't. She goes, you just did. I go, no, I didn't. Well, kind of like that commercial now where they throw the red flag and then do a uh -huh. rewind and the guy screams at the spider. <laughs> I, had been I had been recording myself. So she goes, listen to the recording. So I listened to the recording. Sure enough, I stuttered three different times at three different parts of the presentation. And I went, oh, that's because that's where Paul stutters all the time. See, my mentor had a stutter. And he oh, my God. So you adapted the way that he spoke. <laughs> and for the next four years, whenever I gave my presentation, I kind of stuttered in that area because I internalized his speech. So same thing happened again last year. I spent two months in Mexico. We travel quite a bit. I, we're relatively location independent. That's one of our business goals. Right. We want to see at least two new countries a year, which we did last year, uh, Mexico and Panama. This year mm -hmm. was, uh, we just got back from uh, Portugal. And as I'm going through all this material, I'm studying Grant Cardone because he's out there. You know, everybody in the world sees his junk. I get 400 emails. I love right him. Now. I love Grant yeah. Cardone. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, in fact, I'm being mentored right now by Pedro Odeo and, 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 and Grant Cardone. I'm, I'm Grant's first licensee. But my wife goes, oh, my God, you sound like Grant Cardone. You're starting to say things like literary. It's literally. I go, honey, I know. I'm sorry, but I'm, like, immersing myself eight hours a day, five days a week, trying to get all this stuff down. And so that's one thing I've always believed in. Number one is you got to find a mentor. Whoever you can really connect with, and you just do what they do. You know, I'm really very fortunate. Tony Robbins is a friend of mine, right? And that's what Tony did, you know, with Jim Rohn. You know, he just immersed himself and he studied things, but he believes in massive action. Mm -hmm. And so I believe just do it. That's one of Grant Cardone's big things, right? Like, mm -hmm. just do it. Figure it out later. Too many people in life want to have all the answers. They want to have the perfect plan. And they keep planning and planning, but they never execute. And I understand, like, 
in the military, you, you got to have a plan. But like when you get back from every exercise, for every deployment, when you're on a mission and you come back, you go through a debrief. Exactly. And that's another thing I learned many years ago in sales. Um, and I learned from Tony is like, I used to sell financial services. I wouldn't say door to door, but I, I would set appointments to go to people's homes. First thing I would do is I'd get my attitude up by doing one of Tony's things, getting my <laughs> cheese. And I would look at the front door and I would visually see myself coming out of that door two hours from now, shaking somebody's hand and saying, congratulations, you made a great decision. So I saw the end result first, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and then <clears throat> I knew basically what I wanted to do when I was in there, and, it, and, and it's showtime. Um, so number one, I always want to have the end in mind. Number two, um, I, I want to be able to have my, my in, everything I know about my product. I want to know more about my product or more about my competitors' product, and they know. I want to be full of knowledge, but I know that things are never going to go the way I want them. So to be able to react, <clears throat> you got to be so trained that you don't have to think about what you're doing next. In fact, you can slow down, you can see what's coming, and you can sit there and ask questions and do the thing that most salespeople hate to do. Mm-hmm. Listen, <laughs> not talk. But, but you got a point. I mean, when when you listen, when you listen to the person that you are trying to serve, I would say instead of sell, is serve. Um, you actually listening to you know what their goals are with this purchase. Um, you also listening to their pains, and you also identifying the obstacles that they having. And that might be holding them back. So listening basically serves you as a tool to actually serve them and bring them into a, a close, which I'm going to talk about. I'm going to want you to touch on that soon. But first, you you have you have um, trained and, and, and serve in many industries, like I said before, uh, fashion, automotive, boating financial services um do you think that that the approach uh that you teach is also applicable to any other industry let's say for example real estate <laughs> well i guess i'm glad you mentioned real estate if, if we've got a minute for a quick story so um i met my wife here five years ago and um I'm leaving the country. I just sold my house. I'm going on a two-year, uh, try to figure out the four-hour work week and, and work remotely and see the world. <laughs> so I was going to 18 countries in two years. And I met my wife, and, of course, my plans changed. I only made it to four, but that's okay. Um, we got engaged in Prague, and I came back to the States to get married and never left again. Um, but she wanted me to go into real estate. And I said, oh, my God, that will never happen. They're the worst freaking salespeople. I, <laughs> I go, I just sold my house and I had it on the market two weeks, had like 22 views and no offers. And it's the most incredible house. What I did was I went back and looked at video cameras. And this is what I saw. 
agent walks up to the door, knocks on the door, does a bunch of stuff. They clearly didn't read the agent remarks, right? Then a car pulls up down the road. People walk up. They meet for the very first time. I'm going, that's interesting. And then they come in the house. And the first thing the agent says, almost every single solitary time, hi, this is the kitchen. Now, I got to tell you, if there's a refrigerator, there's a stove, there's a sink, there's a dishwasher, I think people know it's the kitchen. The next <laughs> thing they would say is, go ahead and look around, go upstairs, I won't bother you, which is telling me I'm not going to try to sell you. Just go explore. Now, this person doesn't know a thing about my house. Not a thing. I called my agent and I go, nobody's showing my house anymore, period. Nobody. They book an appointment. They book it with me. I'm going to show the house. I'm going to show you how to give a demonstration. So the, the next showing, agent called me and I said, yeah, I'll meet you there. But I do all the talking. He goes, okay, cool. They come in. <clears throat> I introduce them. I said, yeah, come in. Don't worry about the tile. I point to the tile. And they go, oh, that's beautiful. I go, thank you. I had that custom made. I go, come on in. And I, we walked in the kitchen. I went, oh, wait a minute. Do you guys hear that noise? And they go, what noise? I go, you guys don't hear that noise? And they go, no. I go, really? I go, I've got the dishwasher on, and I've got the garbage disposal running, and you can't hear it. You know why? I bought the best, most expensive dishwasher and garbage disposal in the world. You can run them and do dishes while you're watching TV. They were like, oh, wow. They came over. They double-checked. And then I talked about the beautiful view, the fireworks on the 4th of July, how you get this breeze every day at 4 o'clock that cools the house down. You don't need to use your air conditioning. I talked about what we did on the third floor. I turned it into a TV Marvel room. And I went through what I did to design the closets and how they're interchangeable. And they were done by the container store. By the time I got done, that person bought my house and paid over list. Sales. And I didn't use one closing technique. What I did was paint a picture of them living in the house, enjoying the benefits. I love that. And all the love and everything I put into it. Now, that being said, I'm also, I love niches where something I can get behind. So number one, I have never, ever sold anything I didn't know. Ever. If I'm not good, if I'm not going to buy it, I'm not selling it. I tried it once, didn't work. So <clears throat> my wife was in real estate and I said, I'll tell you what I will do. I'll get my license for one four year term. Let me run your business. It was just her. She's an agent, like most agents, mm -hmm. solopreneurs. I go, I'll turn you into one of the top three, four percent of agents in the world. Give me, give me three years. I did that in 18 months. Wow. Last year, I doubled the sales the first year. I helped double the sales the next year. I doubled the sales again the next year. So if you went from 12 to 20, 20 to 40, 40 to 80, and then a year ago, 137. Wow. She's one of the top 3% of all agents in the world for one of the fastest growing realty firms. Um, very high mid six figure income. 
and has now got her own podcast. He's uh, been asked to train in the the world, um, and we're able to travel remotely by having a couple of VAs and still do. Like, I don't know. You know, last year, the real estate world kind of dropped off. It sounds like I need to invite your wife to to the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> She's got a great podcast called Women of Influence. And you guys would be great for each other. I'll have my staff reach out. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. She does one every Wednesday. But, you know, I told her, I go, I'm one and done. You know, I'll, I just want to prove to people that, you can be a salesperson, give better value, care more for your client without, mm -hmm. you know, being pushy and icky and salesy and sleazy. So, you know, I've done that. I, I've actually taken a Bayliner boat distributorship from being bankrupt in 1994-1995 to number one in the world in 12 months. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was owned by AMF. That kind of bowling company. They own Maxim boats, Bayliner boats, a couple of others. And they were like amazed. They were like, well, how, how did you do it? I go, well, first off, I realized <clears throat> boats are only for good for one thing. Having fun with friends and family. I don't know why you would have a boat other than having fun with friends and family. So I said, I hired young salespeople. I showed them how a boat can be fun with friends and family. And that's all we sold. <laughs> we blew it up. Um, same with financial services. You know, I said, here's our app. We didn't use the word avatar in those days. That was before the movie came out. <clears throat> you know, here's our perfect client. And I did this. One day I went, you know, I've always had coaching. I, I belong to some really good coaching programs. <clears throat> And I think to be really successful, you have to. Um, I, used, I used to go to this thing called a couples conference. And one of the things I learned from that coaching program was defining your ideal client, right? So I went back to my staff one time. <clears throat> I think I had a staff of five. And I said, hey, guys, do me a favor. Write down your 10 favorite clients. I'm not going to give you any parameters. I want you to write down your 10 favorite clients what you love about working with them. And um, tomorrow, we're going to sit down and have a group meeting, and we're going to go through all those. So the five or six of us have seven clients that we all love, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So we all have three different. Mine, mine had a little bit more to do with money. <laughs> but theirs <laughs> did not. None of them did. And I said, what do we love about them? And we figured out exactly what we loved about each client. They let us do our job. They didn't micromanage. They were relatively fun to be with. Uh, they loved the family. They were maybe involved in church. They were, you know, at least, you know. Uh, so we had this list of about a dozen things. And I said, okay, that's our perfect client. From this point forward, whenever we do a seminar, Whenever I, I'm on stage, whenever we do an ad, no matter what we're doing, we are only going to speak to those clients. Now, today, we would say, Dagmar, you know, you got to find your niche, right? You got to have the avatar of who you're going after. And I, we did that. And over the next, I don't know, three years, 
we were able to do something in the financial services world most people dream of. That's gather almost $100 million of assets under management, um, you know, where we charge fees. And I could wake up January 1st every year, know I'm making a quarter million dollars, a minimum. And I didn't have to do any work because I had all these clients already giving me a minimum of a quarter to 50 basis points. So I'm making somewhere between a quarter million, half a million dollars. I don't have to sell. So over a five-year period, I went from spending about 50 grand a year in marketing to about $35,000 a year in what's called client retention and did no-cost marketing. I, I didn't have to market. I had my clients marketing for me. That's and fantastic. Again, that, you know, that's, how did I do that? Well, through coaching, by being specific of who I wanted to work with, and then serving first. It's always been about serving first. There are a lot of people would come and see me and I'd say, you know what? I'll tell you, I had a guy come to me one time. He would come to my seminars all the time. Mm -hmm. Some people call them plate lickers. And I said, hey, John, how many of my workshops have you been to? I don't know, Kelly, maybe a dozen. <clears throat> I go, yeah, I'm kind of surprised you're not fatter than you are right now. I mean, the guy was slender, <laughs> older guy. And I go, have you ever come in and seen me? He goes, yeah, about, you know, maybe a year ago. And I go, okay, did I try to sell you anything? He goes, no, you actually told me all my stuff is good. Keep doing what I'm doing. Right? So I took what a lot of advisors think is negative, and I turned mm -hmm. it into a positive, which is what I always do. I'm a, and you know this from the military, don't tell me what can't happen. We have to accomplish this. Exactly. Tell me how we can do it. Exactly. Tell me how. Show me how. Let's figure out a way. There's always how to improve things. Always. Yeah. Um, I know I got off on a tangent there. <laughs> yeah, answered your question. <laughs> you did. I mean, you did. I have a, I have a couple of questions before we finish. Um, I want to ask you how how authenticity, authenticity. Let me just like rephrase that. How authenticity impacts your sales capability? Um. <clears throat> Well, I don't a lot think of people, a lot of people, um, kind of like uh, you were saying before, um, find themselves like adopting the same style that they're being taught from their mentors, or they just like get stuck on the same pattern of how to sell, or instead of serving, and um, lacks uh, some at some point they lack some sort of authenticity, authenticity, and this. I think that it does play a part when it comes to serving and selling a product. So how authenticity impacts your sales capability? Well, number one, you, you have to be you. You know, my, my, I guess my new favorite thing to say is you do you boo. My <laughs> wife and I joke all the time. Right. And it's like, look, I'm somewhat colorful on, oops, sorry. I just hit my mic. I know I shouldn't do that. Um, like you gotta be you. Like, no matter what you do, you can listen to somebody. You can use their vernacular. You can use this. But you still have to be you. If you're not authentic, it will come through. And people, It's kind of like if you're trying to sell and all you're thinking about is money, people can feel that. They can smell that. You know, it's like that's one thing I, 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 I've learned many, many, many years ago, like, can never think about the money, can't think about how much I'm going to make or how much I'm not going to make or how tough things are. And um, 
you know, uh, my wife just walked in the room. She just got off another call herself. Um, I would have her come on camera and say, hi, Dagmar. Oh, um, she, yeah. Hello. Yeah, come on. <laughs> she doesn't have any makeup on. She's still in her jammers. <laughs> we, we were just talking about your podcast, baby, and Dagmar's podcast. Hi. Now, you can tell, even with no makeup, that I clearly married up. So you know I'm good at sales. Yes. <laughs> Nice but you know, we we talk about that in not only her business but in my business as well. Like, you you cannot be somebody else. Like, you could love Grant Cardone and Tony Robbins, but I'm not them. What I can do is be me and still make high six figure, low seven figure incomes a year by by being myself and serving. And if people love you, they love you. And if they don't, hey, that's fine. Like I said, I don't want a bunch of brain damage. Whenever I would give a seminar, I wanted to turn half the people on. But to be quite frank, I want to turn the other half off. I don't want to waste my time with them, which is why it's so important to understand who your avatar is, who not only you are, but who your clientele you're going for. And if you can't be yourself, how are you ever going to serve those people properly? So I think... Not only should you always own your own product, so you put you you put the blinders on. You've made the greatest sale, which is a sale to yourself about your product or service. But then you got to be yourself, and if you're yourself, that's how you get raving clients. Because yeah. we've all we've all been in the old days. They had these things called um, I think they're called radios. Um, uh-huh. You know, they, you know, today we stream everything, right? But in the old days, yeah. in the car, there were radios. Radio. And you could, <laughs> I don't you want to go like, either, but, you know, it's radio. Yeah. <laughs> but you, if you're in your car and you turn your radio to 98, if your favorite station is 98.7, and you turn it to 98.8 or 98.6, you still may be able to hear it bleeding over, but it's not the same. And that's what communication is all about. See, sales is really just about communication. It's about taking your enthusiasm for a product or service and transferring it to the other person. Once they get as excited about it as you, then you just got to make it easy and fun. In my case, fun. Fun. I love that. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that you said that selling is more than a craft. It's a philosophy. Can you kind of like Gave us a little bit of what that entails. Yeah, well, again, it's it, it gets back to it gets back to serving, and and serving is about finding out what their true wants, needs, and desires are. Like, for instance, I was at a dealership one time, and uh, I'm just paying attention, watching the car salespeople, and the guy pulls up, <clears throat> and the salesman asks this guy. Um, like, what's really important to you in the next car? And he said, safety. And the salesman starts going into this crumple zone, roll bar, blow. I'm like, and I, I intervene, like, right away. It's like, stop. I didn't say stop. I go, hey, I'm sorry. My name is Kelly. I, I'm, I'm a consultant here at the dealership. And I'm working with Nissan. And I, can I ask you a question? And the guy goes, sure. You know, Mr. Jones, you said that safety is your concern. <clears throat> Can you explain to me in a bit more detail exactly what you mean by safety? 
He goes, well, yeah, my wife's a flight attendant. She flies into LAX, sometimes really, really late at night. <clears throat> and I want to make sure that she doesn't break down on the side of the road or have any issues. And if she does, I want it to be taken care of right away. So, and I go, oh, okay, I get it. So what did I sell? Reliability, 1-800-CALL, uh, um, you know, push a button, call this number, free roadside assistance. Nothing to do with crumple zones, getting into a car accident, airbags, <laughs> right? <clears throat> a lot of salespeople don't use the magic word in sales. What's that Why? is? Why? Yeah, what? Why? Like, huh, you know, you know, Dagmar, that's really interesting you say that. Why? Why is, like, you know, you... You've, you've done this in the past, and it hasn't really worked out for you. Why, why do you think you're going to do it now and it might work? Why is that important to you? Like, I think why is, is a great question. Most salespeople are afraid to dig. So, again. Is the why what, that, what gets you to the close? Yes. Look, the why is what gets you to, to a millionaire. You know, I, I want to help 10,000 entrepreneurs become millionaires in the next eight to 10 years. Um, but I'm going to get on that. that list. I'm going to get on that list. Yeah, good. You can't get there unless you have a big why. And it can't be just to make money. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you make money for? Like, what's the goal? You want to drive a, a Lamborghini? That's not my goal. Now, my wife says she's going to get me an Aston Martin someday. Now, that, that I'm going to love. But, you know, I want freedom. I want freedom to go wherever I want to go, whenever I want to go, with whoever I want to go with for as long as I want. Like, I, I know that, you, you know, like right now we're on, we're in Mexico, we're on the ocean. And, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, like. We've I been am gone in you right now because I'm from Puerto Rico and I love the ocean view. And <laughs> oh, I, I know. Yeah, you know, we were we were in Panama last year. We were in Portugal. We've been like we spend at least three to four months a year out of the country. And I saw a good quote by Matthew McConaughey that he said his son said, like Matthew asked him, like, when you go to camp, what do you hope to get? He goes, You know what? I just want to meet new people and have fun and, and, and have new experiences. And it's like I love that to me, that's what life's all about. Like, I love meeting people, I love hearing their stories. Um, like we met some really cool people in Portugal, like the, a couple of bartenders and a couple of waitresses. And we just sat there and asked them a bunch of questions. They kind of became friends. They follow my wife on social media because she knows how to explain her social media. I can't do it without my staff. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think if you have that sincere desire to know and understand and meet people, that really comes across in sales because. That's me. Like, I just love meeting people and hearing their stories. To me, it just adds so much to my life. That's why I have this podcast so people can listen to the stories and get inspired. And yeah, in that way, if I change one life, I have met my purpose. At least one, one, change one life. At yeah, I'm one. glad you said that because <laughs> you know if. if when, when you talk to, like, okay, I, I know Grant Cardone personally. I know Tony Robbins personally. I've met some other very well-known people, very fortunate in my life. And they, <clears throat> they talk about changing the world. 
right? Now, they don't talk about it. Well, Grant wants to change the world by making sure 8 billion people know him. I think he's getting there. Tony wants to do it by changing and feeding kids and changing lives. And, and, but they have this huge, huge purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Me, <clears throat> I want to do it one person at a time, but it's, I got to help 10,000 people become millionaires. Now, why is that important to me? Because if I do it the right way, those 10,000 people just think about Christianity. Yeah. Jesus had 12 sidekicks. He was a mentor to 12 people. Yeah. Those 12 people went out and mentored other people. Exactly. And today we have Christianity, the way it's kind of fractured and it's all over the place and there's so many forms. But that all started from one guy mentoring 12 people. Exactly. And if we can just help change one person at a time and help them help somebody change one person at a time, we actually can make a huge difference in the world. That's right. I totally in agree. In sales, you can't do that unless you actually get them to purchase your product or service. But you can still be a wonderful person. You can still help them out. Um, you know, like we help a lot of people out. They have no ability to purchase a home, but we still say, hey, listen, we're going to give you some free resources to fix your credit. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, you know, and then, you know, let's stay in touch and maybe we can help you someday. And mm -hmm. we had two referrals last year for people we couldn't help, um, but they sent us friends because we cared and we helped them. We spent a lot of time with some of them, helping them get their life in order, even though we didn't make any sales on the back end. I mean, but that's that's amazing. And I think that sometimes it's not about money, it's about the service. And when we speak that love language of service, it, 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 and if everything else doesn't matter, it's, it's just seeing the end result, seeing that life change, somebody improving, somebody growing, somebody developing, um, achieving and reaching out to their dreams. And I think that that's what's really fulfilling at the end of the day. I'm going to say thank you, Kelly, for everything to that, that you have said today is being really an honor to have you here. Um, I want to know, I want to let know people where they can follow you on Instagram. Um, you can follow Kelly at Kelly Shaw underscore Kelly Kingdom Sales. You also have a, we were talking before we started the podcast. You have a, um, a program or a freebie, um, an ebook, right? E yeah, page. I, I just, I just, I, I've, uh, I've got a book coming out, my, my probably my third book, actually, called Frothing at the Mouth. It's about getting clients excited about your product or service. And I've kind of reconfigured the first chapter, taken a few snippets from the other chapters, and turned it into a free ebook. So if they just go to kingdomsalesacademy.com, um, they can download the ebook. They just have to give us their you know name and email. If they'd like a 15-minute free call with me to talk about sales, uh, they can put their phone number in there, <clears throat> and um, they can download that. To, I believe it's available today. We, we were redoing some of the graphics a little bit over mm -hmm. the weekend. Um, but, yeah, just go to kingdomsalesacademy.com. 
it's a really nice little fun book. Uh, a lot of it's about mindset. A lot of it's about sales. A lot of it's about doing the right thing for the clients and uh, the seven mistakes that most salespeople make. Um, that if you just avoid those mistakes, you'll be a lot more successful. So. KingdomSalesAcademy.com. Yep. Awesome. So, and by the way, Dagmar, it's been my pleasure to be here. I'm the one who's honored. Thank you very, very much. Thank very. you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hear more from you. The doors of this podcast are always open for you. So whenever you need to come back, just let us know. And we will we will be bringing your wife here to the podcast because I definitely Absolutely. want to interview her. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. You guys have been amazing time. You go back and replay this episode, okay? Because there's so many nuggets that you can take out of this. And Kelly Shaw is amazing. Don't forget to follow him. In the meantime, like always, don't forget to unlock your potential and be fearless. Bye.